Campanos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, brought to you by realestate.com.au. Hey guys, I've never done that before. We put the sponsor at the start of the show. We have done it before, I think, a long time ago. It did find its way to the back. Yes. But it should be at the front and arguably at the back. They're great people, realestate.com.au. We love their support as an industry, not just the podcast, of course. REA supports so many events, including ARIC coming up soon. Yeah. So uh, we thank Tracy and the team for all the great work. If you haven't been, I've said this before, Tom, if you're a, um, uh, not a member, but a customer of REA from anywhere in Australia and you haven't been down to see their offices, uh, come in. Coffee's arrived, Troy. <laughs> now the podcast really starts. Peter, thank you. Timing's everything. We are recording, but the podcast is about to start now. We have our coffee. Thank you. Well, the way I see it, most of you listeners out there, you don't start at your desk right right away, and I think that we've got every uh, right to have a 30-second quick uh, pit stop. This is like the the prep talk before we go on to the park, which obviously on the weekend, we won't go into it, but on the weekend, obviously, the prep talk that the Roosters had might have been a little bit stronger than the Rabbitohs. That's AFL season started. The Swans one, I think. Let's talk about the Swans. This is one of the things I like about John is he's got this incredible ability to casually just move seamlessly through subjects that really matter to him. Let me finish the REA thing, because yeah. seriously, if, you, if you're a REA customer, which I think 99% of Australian real estate companies and agents are, and you haven't been and seen their premises, you should go down there. Tom, you've been there, haven't you? I, absolutely. And I'm going, John, this week, I'm going down there to do a video with Nigel Dalton, who's going to take me through all the hardware, the eyewear, all the stuff that is going to be 2020. He's running um, through it. Um, But John, on REA, I was just going through some uh, stats because I'm doing a presentation in the next few days. Only 40% of the real estate agents in Australia have got their uh, profile profile completed. It's crazy. Forty forty percent, and 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 this is the deal. If you type your name and the words real estate, ninety eight percent of times, what comes up is your real estate profile page, not your actual right. website for your company. So what we're saying is the destination that your customers are going to is that page. And Troy, how long does it take to do a profile? To, oh. to do do your profile properly. To do it properly when you've got everything, you're looking at a maximum of 20 minutes. We, we can really get through everything. If you have your bio, your video, your photo all ready to go. Well, you should have all of those anyway you if should, you're in in-house Yeah, office. it doesn't take that long at all. Well, it's, just, it's just crazy people don't do it. And, and we keep talking about the digital interview, which is a concept that people will start selecting or at least excluding yeah. agents based on their digital presence, that is the properties they have listed, um, the uh, recency, some people have things they sold three months ago still on there. I mean, the recency, the quality of the photography, and of course, videos, and especially a video profile. A lot of our agents now, Tom, are starting to do um, monthly market reviews on video, yeah, yeah. which is a fantastic. You know, you stand up and you say, look, in the last uh, 30 days in, in the suburb of Paddington, there's been 47 sales. The average was 1.8 million. And you tell a little story and you might highlight a, a listing or a property. Just that is of interest to people. People are, are so um, uh, bombarded with uh, so much in their email inbox, they really need you know, to be able to delete, delete, delete. Oh, it's a video, 30-second video, 60-second video. In fact, yeah. I think it was REA told us recently, Troy, 46 seconds was kind of the ultimate time for a video on YouTube or Vimeo because after that they say that a lot of people start clicking off at around that. 
Mm. So, you know, don't think you've got to do a three, four, five minute video for anything, including a property. Yeah. You know, 30 seconds, a minute, 90 seconds probably max is about all you need. Yeah. I always think that as well. When you're on YouTube, you know yourselves, it normally comes up with that really short ad at the front that goes for like eight seconds. Yeah. And it gets after the five. The spider on the ceiling. Yeah. Like you the huntsman spider. Yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> you get the five seconds and then the little box comes up on the right hand side to skip, skip now. The skip the yeah. ad. So you've got to kind of take that mentality into how you differentiate yourself. If you can't capture your audience, within the first five to six seconds mm. what are you really doing online okay so to all our listeners the action points there and this is uh, just uh, not a, a, a plug for REA it's actually a, a plug for your yourselves to your people there's this term called Google stalking we know right now that people Google stalk other people prospective vendors are Google stalking you as an agent you want to win that digital interview you want to um, add videos Photos, your achievement, as John said, prices, sold prices. Um, it's like there's this big secret, I'm not going to put my sold prices on there, yet we know that prospective vendors highly value what recent sales are. And what you're going to do is hopefully win this digital interview where we've said in real estate, guys, there's no longer any more blind dates. People know everything. Uh, yeah, exactly, Tom. I think it was REA that gave the industry statistics about a year or so ago that over 50% of properties with no price, now we're talking about searching listings not sold, for example, 50% of properties um, with no price, people just ignore and keep going to the next one. So, you know, I keep talking to our team and anyone in the industry that'll listen, is you must have prices, assuming that your legislation allows it. I know Queensland auctions don't, but virtually for all other listings everywhere else in Australia, I think it's real insanity to be thinking. In fact, I came across an agent recently and you know, he, was, he, he said, the old-fashioned speak, he said, oh, well, if I don't put my price up, and I, I put as little information up, was I think his comment, because I want them to ring me. And I said to him at the time, man, you've got to get into the 21st century. People are no longer ringing. They're going to the next property or the next agent. Yeah. They can't be bothered. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it wasn't meant to be a long uh, REA advertisement, but it really <laughs> is an important, REA is an important part of all our lives, and as is all digital media, including our own sites. So are we on Q&A Tuesday? We are, John. And this question, uh, I know who it's been written in. He's asked to um, remain anonymous. Um, and I'm going to read out word for word what he's asked. I'm disorganised. I cannot stick to an ideal week. I'm very poor at time management. I'm a little bit all over the shop. However, my skills are that I can influence, I can sell, I've got a positive attitude, and I'm very optimistic. I'm just born this way. Is there any tips that you can help me get more organised? It would be greatly appreciated. So, Troy, when you wrote that, what, 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 <laughs> when you did all over the shop, what were you talking about? Extraordinary. <laughs> Troy's one of the most organised people well, I know. What John forgets is last week we recorded um, time management. We did a focus the last two weeks on time management. Yes. Without emphasising a lot of the points we covered over the past fortnight, it's... It's a question that comes up time and time again, Tom, and it seems to be the easiest but also the hardest challenge that people face. Yeah. To round up and summarise, the question remains, what are you actually doing? What are you prioritising? And are you getting caught up in the water cooler conversation with everyone in the office? Yeah, yeah. You, look, you, if you need a time management system of some degree, and we often refer to the idea week um, because that's a fairly basic uh, infrastructure system that you can you can build your week around. If you don't have it, 
you are going to be a part of someone else's time management system and you're going to be running around doing a lot of stuff for other people and you might miss doing the stuff that's most important for you. So f first thing is, you know, whether it's an ideal week or not, you need to have some disciplined approach because this is a business that's frantically busy, especially the more successful you get, and you're going to have requests for your time inside the office, inside the industry, inside your community, um, a whole range of things. And you can do the important stuff and you can do it well, but you can't do everything. Yeah. So I think the first thing, Tom, is just to recognise if you do not have a time management system, you're probably not going to get beyond 20 or 30% of your productivity or your ability, your potential. So I think really, uh, really, really important. I liked your first comment, Troy, of prioritisation. I mean, in, in one's real estate life or in one's life in general, there are things that are really crucial. Crucial conversations, crucial activities, I mean, listing, prospecting, selling real estate, that's kind of the three big rocks. So, you know, you have to decide, you know, what do we call, what are the big rocks for you? What are the things you need to be doing? And Tom, you and I have always, you know, talked about life balance and before you put your real estate big rocks into your week, you need to put your life big rocks into your week. And whether that's dropping your kids at school or going to the gym or catching, having a date night with your spouse or whatever it is, you know, you need to get that stuff in first. Should that be diarised, John? Yeah, I, I, look, I think so, unless it's a part of... And look, I don't want to say system in terms of you can't have some degree of spontaneity, but, you know, if you want to have... Uh, if you want to drop your kids to school three days a week, you need to put in your diary because otherwise stuff will come up and people will put John, appointments in. I noticed that before we started this podcast, we were talking about another a business item and I noticed that... You know, the first thing you did as I was talking is you wrote it down mm -hmm. on a on a um, on a book that you've got there with you. Um, I just want to ask you: when we talk about a time management system, what are the sorts of things that are the components of the John McGrath time management system? I mean, you use a diary, um, and I presume you use Outlook um, yep. as as your diary, and you've got a a, a great executive assistant that actually. Uh, um, manages a lot of that diary. Um, do you have a to-do list or how does that work out? Yeah, so there's, there's a few pillars of my time management, Tom. One of them is the ideal week, so I'll just start there, that I have certain times and places within a week where I do things in the main, 80-90% in those particular times. So I think that's really important. And, and also a morning ritual we've spoken about, which is, you know, what do you do between when you get up and when you kind of start engaging with your customers or your staff, and that could be, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock, depending how you schedule your day. Um, for, the, for example, I've just spent the first two hours this morning just going through all my emails and just going through stuff and getting all my things for the week out, starting. Are you the sort of person, John, that is uh, happy to do things um, at home um, after hours to help you have more time during the week? Uh, I, I try not to do it after hours, Tom, but I also try and do two hours at the end of the day, most days, so I'm not travelling, at the end of the day, um, and I try and do it from four to six, so I'm finished before dinner time, and uh, so I sort of go hard in the morning from 7am right through to four o'clock, and I try and do my last two hours, kind of catch up, check all my emails, because if, if you're doing all those things during the day, when you're available to access people and have crucial conversations, you know, you're probably not doing the, the right uh, priorities. So that, that's certainly important. The next thing is you have to say no to a lot of things, Troy. You know, you, you can't say yes to everything, or if you do, you'll end up missing your priorities. And some of these are social things. And, I mean, it would be great to have the time available and the bandwidth to say yes to every single thing to make every single person happy. 
but that's just not practical. So you have to decide, I mean, what are your boundaries? I mean, I, I rarely do anything on weekends because that's my kind of downtime where I can just sort of relax and I might have a dinner with a couple of friends, but I don't go out to formal functions or do business activities on the weekend because that's important for me. Um, same at night, I'm no good at night, but you can grab me for breakfast at 7 a.m. three mornings a week and have a breakfast meeting because I like starting early. So I think, you know, prioritise and say no. You know, delegate stuff out of your life that's not crucial. And just accept that you will actually put a few noses out of joint drawing, won't you? A lot of people struggle with saying no. How do you guys say it? How do you politely decline an invitation but still make the person feel that they're important without, you know... I think for me now, Troy, one of the things is... As, as people get to know your habits and rituals, they, they often respond, especially those that are close to you. So, you know, most of my you've, friends... So you're saying you've, you've trained them to, to expect a certain answer. Correct. So that kind of removes 50%. Then, like you guys, I get a lot of emails from people saying, you know, it'd be good to do this, could we catch up and do that? I'll often then shoot back and I'll ask them for a tighter brief and I'll say, I'm not sure if I can do it. Because, honestly, I, like you, Tom, I travel a lot, and you, Troy, as well. So I say, look, I'm often on the road. If you send me some more information, let's try and handle this on the phone. Because a lot of people want to have face-to-face meetings. With regard to that, if it's not a listing or if it's not a new recruit or a new office or something in terms of they would be high-priority activities, um, you're probably better to handle it on the phone. Sometimes a five-minute phone call can take the place of a 45-minute face-to-face meeting. So, you know, I'll often try push back and I'll say, if you want to send me a one-pager, because some people say, I've got this great idea, uh, you know, I want to open a business, I want to know if you'll be interested in participating or whatever. So I push back. That, that removes the other 50% because a lot of people never respond because they're not prepared to do the hard work. Mm. Now, those people that do come back to you, then I am happy generally to have a phone conversation because, mm. you know, like you guys, again, I'm driving from meeting to meeting to meeting. It's not that hard for me to pick up and ring someone and have a six-minute phone conversation between two meetings. So it's kind of this filtration system of, you know, having set rituals that people get to understand, therefore they generally don't try and invade them, Mm. to the next one, which is, um, you know, push back on people. Uh, And the next one is, you know, shift from face-to-face meetings to phone meetings. And that that can kind of boil it all down for you. I've I've got to, on that last point, Troy, I've got to um, agree 100%. There's something really efficient about not having a face-to-face meeting. And I'm not taking away from the importance in real estate of having face-to-face meetings because they're critical with your vendors and they're critical at listing presentations and they're critical for pre-buyer, pre-auction buyer meetings. Mm. But I think some meetings can be done by Skype, by communication, by text, because there seems to be this 10-minute fluff talk at the start of a lot of face-to-face meetings. And then a lot of the times you don't actually finish the key bits, whereas when you seem to be on a Skype call, on a, uh, a FaceTime, on a, a telephone conference, it appears like we've got to get through these points in this time, and it doesn't allow for that social aspect of, of, um, of a, that happens. And a lot of times parking and people parking to get to the uh, right. venue seems to mean that the meeting doesn't start at, at 7 o'clock, it starts at 7.13. Well, a half-hour meeting, you've generally got 15... Often, if you're doing the travelling, you've got another half-hour travel time and parking. So I think it, it is critical to do those things. And if you push back gently and politely, back to your question, Troy, 
Um, I'm not in the habit or the desiring of offending anyone any time. I think you can say then, do these things without being offensive. It all comes back to your attitude. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I come from a point of I like to help people. If I can find a time and a place to help someone, that's fine. If, if I actually don't have the time or the place to do it in their time frame, well, I had so a, be it. I, I was at an office last week and I heard a top performer, he was a million dollar agent, probably writing about one four, another agent went over to him and I overheard the conversation. This is how it went. He said, have you got a minute? The million dollar agent replied, he said, listen, I've actually got two, but after that, I really have to shoot. Mm. And um, I thought to myself, what a beautiful response. Because mm. when someone says, have you got a minute? It doesn't end up being a minute. It ends up being five to 10 minutes. So he was polite enough to say, listen, it can only be 120 seconds because I really do have to go. And um, I just, just nice talking, way of dealing yeah, with it, isn't it? Nice way of... It reminds me of that classic scene that we use in presentations quite often, how Stella got her groove back. Mm. When they're in the bullpen and they're both on the phone and she said, I need two minutes. And he said, I have to come back to you. Mm-hmm. Just finishing a call, I'll come and see you later on this yeah, afternoon. Yeah, that's, that's, that's... People that's, that are disciplined around their time management. And, and, and that also, going back to that clip, Troy, that... Um, your energy you have around the office and around work, if you're there and you're kind of looking out for stuff to distract you and people see you on social media, they're going to come and join in. Yeah. If they see you prospecting with a headset on and focused and they see a to-do list and you're ticking things off. So the way you are, so I want to get back to this question because I think there's been some really valuable feedback. But the first thing I would say without wanting to be disrespectful is Get your act together. If you're in this industry, don't think you were born disorganised. You have created any level of organisation or disorganisation in your life. The good news around that statement, Troy, is you can also create whatever you want going forward. So if you think you've been a disorganised person, I think the word was all over the shop, stop. Get organised. Start writing things down on one place. Start putting yourself into And they said, you know, look, I've never been able to follow an idea a week. Well, perhaps they haven't been able to follow the idea week that they structured before, but they will be able to follow an idea week of some description. As long as you have some plan, it doesn't have to be detailed down to everything you do, and I'm going to go to the bathroom at 10.30, and I'm going to have a cup of coffee at 11.15. You know, please don't think that it needs to be so prescriptive and so detailed that it micromanages every activity to the minute. But it could be, you know, a few days a week I'm doing this activity and I don't go out of the office before 10.30am. The things that are the basic um, chunks into your system. I was, John, on that point, Charles Toomer from um, Bell, Bell, Surrey Hills, yep. like the guy's riding around 1314 and um, I was having a conversation with him the other day. He said, Tom, the way I just look at it is it's am, pm. Right. And he goes, and what I'll do is I'll do a hard prospecting session AM, I don't think to myself 9.30 to 11.30, I just know morning time, don't make appointments because you want to have uninterrupted prospecting time. Yeah. He said, I then go to Allianz Stadium to the gym, do a one or two hour workout, come out and I might do another session. Phil Harris is along the same lines. What yep. you're saying is there's no need. Phil to talks about AM, PM energy. AM, PM energy, right. Yeah, and I, I like that. I remember reading Tom a, a quote from someone along this subject and it was saying, you should grow your business in the morning and manage your business in the afternoon. I love that. Same sort of thing. Love that. Grow your business in the morning. So 
whatever it is, and they're just three great examples, Charles's, Phil's, and that quote, of, you know, it doesn't have to be prescriptive, but it has to be there. And then your habits around it have to be there as well. You know, if you're getting distracted a lot, you're probably attracting those distractions to some degree. You've got some other points there. I can, I can tell John you're about to, to say something before. No, I, the last thing I just, you asked about where do I, you know, do I have notepad or whatever? And, and yeah, I do. I have an area where I have a few key headings I've got here. What are the calls I need to make? What are the meeting agenda topics? What are my key projects? What am I doing uh, to do? And then I've got here DFO, CBF, which those, those initial means due from others. Yes. And then comeback file, CBF. So if I say, you know, Tom, could we get together in a week and you say, John, I'll come back to you, I'll get Judith to call you in a few days, I'll put that down because I've actually put an action out. I can't do anything more and at the moment until you or Judith come back to me, but I, I take a note that someone is due to come back to me on something or a comeback file. I'll send an email off and I'll say, look, I'd love to arrange a meeting with you in two weeks' time. And again, I'll put it down here so if I don't get a response, I can follow it up. Uh, otherwise, you know, people end up with their inbox being their to-do list, and that's probably not the most effective way of doing it. The most, the most uh, 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 clear, strong advice that I think that this uh, uh, writer in of this question, um, and I think you, you've nailed it, is that he's probably got a belief set that's not actually true, and the belief set is it's just the way that I am. Correct. I can't stick to an ideal week. I'm a disorganised person. Yeah. That's probably a lie that's been repeated over and over again that it's manifested into a reality. Yeah. And what you're saying is people are not born disorganised to stay disorganised all their life. It's something that they've said to themselves. Correct. Correct. So that's the first. Change, change your belief. Recognise that you're probably 20 to 30% more... Uh, sorry, only 20 to 30% effective. Um, then change a belief that you can be the most organised person on the planet and then start creating some systems along the lines we've spoken about and sell lots more property and have lots more fun. Yeah. Well, guys, um, fantastic session. Um, I spoke to the girls at ARIC on Friday mm-hmm. and they have told me that this is the fastest selling ARIC that they yeah. can recall. Yeah, we should uh, break records this year, which is yeah. exciting. And I think the reason why that's going to happen is that if you're someone that's coming along there, there's 35 speakers. It's not like there's 12, there's not 14. Mm. Essentially what we're saying is, if one person gives you a seven out of 10 content, you still got another 34 people <laughs> that potentially is gonna cover that exact subject thing that keeps you up at night. Yeah. There's just too many, there's too many tickets that have been bought in this lottery that means that uh, when you get onto the flight back from the Gold Coast, that you're gonna have a pad full of content that's either going to help you get more listings, help you with your time management, help you get higher fees, teach you more about being on the shopping list, winning the digital interview. Um, it's pretty much, uh, failure's not going to be an option with this, Eric, because there's just too much content there. Yeah, so, and, and I was watching a million dollar listing the other day, Troy, and I saw Fred Wicker <laughs> on it, and I got excited. I was thinking, I've never met him, and certainly never heard him speak other than on that million dollar real estate listing show. Listing, yep. And uh, I thought, wow, because he's actually a real character. Um, but putting aside the fact that he is a, you know, a larger-than-life character, also, he's a very good agent. Yeah. I mean, when he deals with clients, and I know there's a little bit of for-the-camera stuff, but there's also a lot. I mean, especially having been involved with things like The Block and Shark Tank, I know those reality shows, they are pretty real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might add 10% yeah. for some kind of a bit of editing and so forth. So I, I think he's done a, a sterling job 
building his profile in the toughest market. And I know he's going to be a character in the way he presents, that's for sure. So I'm looking forward to that as well. So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll keep everyone updated because we're really in the countdown now. We've only got a few weeks to go, I think maybe six weeks or yeah, something. Yeah. So we're in the countdown. If you haven't booked, um, go to uh, Tom's website. or Go to my website. website go, uh, it's, it's, it's everywhere. I think the biggest issue, Buddy, is the reason why you're going to book, I mean, you can still be able to get tickets, but the issue is if you're coming from outside of the Gold Coast. Accommodation. Accommodation and flights, yeah. um, and the cost of flights change the closer you come to the day. So yeah. right now it's probably the day that you'll save yourself a few dollars by booking. Guys, it's great to uh, see you again. We're going to be back next week. We've got a, a great podcast where we're going to talk about avoiding commission breath. It's a, it's a, term, it's a term that uh, I heard Tom Ferry uh, use in a, a video, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing that we can talk about because what we clearly know is that uh, vendors and buyers, uh, they hate an agent that's basically saying, I want your money in their conversations. And we're going to talk about um, how, to, how to close, but with being a helper, not a closer. So guys, see you then. See you then. See you then. See you then.